the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. ground for the first-time investor and the lifelong trader. This is the Biz 1440. KYCR Golden Valley, Minneapolis, St. Paul. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is leading an effort to dismantle all DEI, or Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Departments, in State University. And Executive Director Will Hild with Consumers Research says it's a good idea. He says the states do have a role to play. If it wasn't for public dollars who are pushing this stuff, it wouldn't exist because CEOs don't want it. It's just a liability. It doesn't help them. The U.S. has finished efforts to recover the remnants of the large balloon that was shot down off the coast of South Carolina. An analysis of the debris so far reinforces conclusions. It was, in fact, a Chinese spy balloon. Officials say the U.S. believes Navy, Coast Guard, and FBI personnel collected all of the balloon debris off the ocean floor. It included key equipment from the payload that could reveal exactly what information it was able to monitor and collect during its flight over the U.S. This is SRN News. You're smart, you're busy, and don't have time to waste on the mainstream media cycle. Salem News Channel breaks that cycle. Topics that matter from hosts worth watching. Dinesh D'Souza, Andrew Wilkow, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. Salem News Channel, not like the other guys. Watch anytime on any screen, free, 24-7. Find everything you need to know at snc.tv. That's snc.tv. Wesley Financial Group is not a law firm. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshare. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare. And in the process, started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. The crazy thing is, this never ends. Even when you die, your family's now going to be stuck with this burden. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. If we take you as a client, I guarantee we'll cancel your timeshare or you'll pay nothing. Call for your free information kit. 800-626-5252. That's 800-626-5252. 800-626-5252. The Ramsey Show. I found a job that's very rewarding, but they're going to work me like a dog. It's a 70-hour work week. 70 hours a week. Man's not, woman's not created to work like that. Indefinite? Yeah, that's an indefinite situation. You married? I am not married. You won't be. Yeah. You could do it for a short term. Don't sell out for something that just looks good. It's got to be good in all aspects. Break free from debt with The Ramsey Show. Weekday afternoons, 1 to 4. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Turn all the lights on and kill the noise. The Biz 1440 presents the best two hours of economic news and commentary. It's the King Banyan Show. How about a Frisca? Your source for penetrating economic insight, razor-sharp analysis, and unflinching universal thought. Everything you need to maintain clarity and stay ahead of the economic curve. Now, here's Professor King Banyan. He's a strange dog. Strange dog. We finally made it to campus. Welcome back, King Banyan Show. The Biz 1440. So glad to be with you. Um, just to wrap up, we just finished an hour in which we looked at the economic data, and it was a bad week for data, largely speaking. By the way, I didn't speak in the last hour about the producer price index, and I wasn't here last week, so I didn't talk about the consumer price index, uh, which would, which which both of which were much lower than expected, and why the market I think feels like it's got it's got the Fed. Um, right where it wants it in terms of uh, 
limiting the increase to 25 basis points. Um, uh, I think as you hear them, I think what the Fed, you know, maybe it's worth playing that again because we played it sort of toward the end. But I want you to listen to this. This was a combination of, um, of, of five different Fed officials. Uh, only two of whom have a vote, John Williams, the New York, the New York president, and Lael Brainerd. She is uh, vice chair of the Board of Governors. But Jim Bullard's on here. Uh, Lori Logan is on, on here. And F- Pat Harker is on here. They do not have votes. I think I'm right about that. I don't think they vote on FOMC this year. But let's play this one more time. Cut number one. I expect that we will raise rates a few more times this year. Monetary policy still has more work to do. The Fed is going to have to maintain rates at high enough levels. Policy is going to need to remain sufficiently restricted for some time. Hikes of 25 basis points will be appropriate going forward. A slower pace is just a way to ensure we make the best possible decisions. Now, at some point this year, I expect that the policy rate will be restrictive enough that we will hold rates in place, just hold them in place to let monetary policy do its work. We can, and if necessary, should adjust our overall policy strategy to keep financial conditions restrictive, even as the pace slows. Now, one thing that they didn't play in that was Bullard, who has been very clear, said, no, we should go 50. But remember, he doesn't get a vote. So they may unanimously decide on 25, but they will have people without a vote saying to them, I think this is a mistake. And it won't and you won't know that until you get the minutes of the meeting in three you know, sometime late February. Um and I expect there's going to be pushback against going twenty five among the FOMC members, but I don't think of the all of all of them that'll have a vote, the only one that might dissent from twenty five, surprisingly, very surprisingly but since since he's agreed with me, I'll say good for you, sir, is Minneapolis Fed uh, President Neil Kashkari. He might be in favor of 50. He hasn't been very – he's been saying that, that, that we, were too, we were too low for too long, as pretty much everyone has said. But he's been a little more aggressive in his signaling than others. And so he, it's possible that he might decide to be the, um, the, the hawk on the Fed that – on the on the FOMC, that role that Bullard played last year, he may decide to play that role this year. And he might go so far as to dissent and say, I think we should be doing 50. Um, I, I'm going to leave that there because I want you to have that as the context for the next kind of conversation, which has to be we have to talk about this, this um, stuff with... The, the debt ceiling. I am shocked by the number of people who look at this and think and act as if this is the first time it's ever happened and or, or they'll say this has happened before, but this time, doggone it, it's gonna be different. We're gonna we're gonna really use it this time and we're gonna get some serious reforms and we're not not don't raise the debt limit, da 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 and I I'm, and I have to tell you I I smile. <laughs> um, I smile and and think to myself, hmm, apparently you haven't watched all the other times this is going to this has happened. So it was difficult to find recordings of Janet Yellen making making statements until she got to Davos. She's not bashful about wearing a wearing a, a, a ski jacket, fashionable, but a ski jacket. Um, I'm not making fun of Davos people. I'm just saying, I'm just saying it just looked like, I mean, I saw, we don't have the recording, but I saw, watched a four minute clip of Jamie Dimon, uh, being interviewed from Morgan and, and, uh, I mean, it was disconcerting to see him in a blue ski jacket that looked very much like the one I wear. I'm pretty sure it's not. I'm pretty sure his has a better label than mine has, but um, and I'm quite sure he paid a lot more than I paid for mine. Um, since I know where I bought mine, I know what I paid, and part of the reason I bought it was, man, that's cheap. Uh, <laughs> I don't think those are words that ever leaves his mouth. But that that being said, um, Janet Yellen w- was on CNN on an exclusive for um, 
uh, at Davos and talked about and being interviewed by Christian Amanpour, who um, uh, should have been the softball pitcher for the king and his court. Um, and, and she has this to say. Cut number two. Well, extraordinary measures uh, involve things like the Civil Service Trust Fund and uh, investments that we make in government securities um, for em- employees in, in government-funded um, programs. And uh, I indicated in my letter to Congress that we feel confident they can last until early June. But Beyond that, um, there's no guarantee. So what she's saying basically is we've hit the debt limit while when we've met every obligation in the way the way we've been told by the government to to do this. So she talks then about extraordinary measures. And what are these? Um, And. And it's just simply interesting. I'm going to read the Treasury statement that that was made that sort of goes before this. Um, the tre- this is from the Treasury's uh, Treasury report out. Um, uh, failing to increase the debt limit would have catastrophic economic consequences. It would cause the government to default on its legal obligations, an unprecedented event in American history. That would precipitate another financial crisis and threaten the jobs and savings of everyday Americans, putting the United States right back in a deep economic hole just as the country is recovering from the recent recession. John Cochran at the Grumpy Economist blog points out that first statement is correct. Failing to increase the debt limit would have catastrophic economic consequences. So when people tweet back at me, don't raise the debt limit, it's like, okay, we can choose not to do that, but what? The, but every good economist wants to get to the question, what happens next? Then what? Okay? Or if you like your Tom Sowell, okay, second-level thinking rather than first-level thinking. Okay? First-level thinking is we don't raise the debt limit, the government stops spending money. Yay! And you know what? I'm for that, too. Government spends too much money? Yes, I agree with you. Okay? The second question is, well, then what happens next? All right. Um, they then say, they, they then say, okay, um, the, the, the second sentence is, it would cause the government to default on its legal obligations, an unprecedented event in American history. First of all, it's not an unprecedented event. The dollar was tied to the price of gold in the 1930s. FDR just decided, nope, not not redeeming dollars for gold anymore. He closed the gold window. And then we had basically a quasi-gold standard between 1945 and 1971. Then Nixon closed that. It has it has technically defaulted on debt in the past. I feel like if you went back and f- and listened to all of the King Banyan Show archive that you can find at TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com, you would find me talking about those other periods of, of technical default. You know what? They're not terribly interesting, but they have happened. Right? You can make a legal argument, as as Professor Cochran points out that you can't prioritize debt payments over other legally mandated pay. Uh, uh, you can make that claim that, that you cannot prioritize debt over other mandated payments like Social Security. Um, you can say that, but you have to do something. Now, in the introduction to the show, they tell you King used to be a state legislator, and I was there for when... When the state of Minnesota in 2011 faced a deficit, a deficit in its budget that it needed to pass of six billion dollars, the state of Minnesota does not is not allowed to go into debt to cover current expenditures. It can issue debt for capital spending, the bonding bill, but it cannot issue debt to cover current spending. 
that doesn't mean the government isn't in debt. It can simply choose to delay paying money it's supposed to pay into things like state pensions. And that's what she talked about in that clip. We can stop putting money into the federal employees' uh, pension funds for a while. We can do that, right? Um, so, uh, so we can do that. But the problem is, of course, that too involves choices. We have to think about what that what those would be, and I want to talk with you a little bit about. What choices would have to happen if you decided you were not going to pay the debt? Okay, if you decided we're just we're just going to not do anything. And this is why I think every other time we've ended up doing something because the alternatives, when you get to the second level of thinking, they end up really to be pretty bad. We'll talk about that more right after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on The Biz, 1440. Salmon fishing in Alaska at an amusement park in Green Bay or taking a stroll through Loring Park. We're where you are. Listen to The Biz 1440 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Dr. Gorka here, and I want to talk to you for a minute about the 100% drug-free relief factor. We all deal with aches and pains in our day-to-day lives, and I have had my fair share, including injuries like a detached quad muscle that, I can tell you, fell into the category of really bad pain. But I've been able to manage the pain by taking relief factor. It helps your own body to attack and fight off sources of inflammation, the source of most of our aches and pains, and I've loved it for years now. Almost 70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it worked for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick starter pack for the discounted price of only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com, call 800-4-RELIEF to find out more about this offer. Feel the difference. Do you have Medicare and do you use a CPAP machine? This is a national health care alert regarding your CPAP supplies. Using a clean CPAP mask and clean supplies is important to staying healthy. The best way to make sure your CPAP equipment is clean is to get new supplies. If you have Medicare, we have great news. Medicare will pay for you to have new clean supplies every 90 days. We'll even do all the paperwork for you to make sure that there's little to no out-of-pocket cost to you. And you don't even have to leave your home. We provide free in-home delivery. So if you're a CPAP user and you have Medicare, staying healthy with new CPAP equipment is easy. Just make this free phone call right now to get started. Sponsored by Specialty Medical. 800-260-1792. 800-260-1792. That's 800-260-1792. You need to call the police, you need to call your father, and you need to get you and your son away from this guy. We're going to remove the trespasser. I want to fix it. That's why I wanted to my home, and I just want to be able to No, 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 honey, honey, we don't need to call a realtor. We need to get the boyfriend out of the house, and that's going to involve the police. You and your son are in danger. You have to get away from this guy. Listen, you are worth being okay. Direct, honest, helpful. The Ramsey Show, live on the Biz 1440, weekdays 1 to 4. Over 50,000 police officers are assaulted each year. Help police by not escalating. Address any complaints after the encounter. Comply now. Complain later. Keep everybody safe. This message brought to you by the National Police Association. Learn more at nationalpolice.org. Yeah, rare Welcome back, King Bang Show, the Biz 1440. Like that. Oh, excellent. Um, 651-289-447, the number to call with questions and comments. I haven't given the number yet today. How silly of me. Would love to hear from you. 651-289-4477. Um, 
you can obviously listen to this show. You missed the first hour. You missed the, sort of the, the sum up of what's been happening uh, in the real economy. Now I'm going to go to the make-believe world of uh, of debt limits and debt ceilings, uh, which I think is which I which I think is a lot of hot garbage, um, because the the problem is, of course, nobody wants to nobody wants to really um, let this ha- let this actually happen. When we got close to it during uh, the 2012 debt uh, ceiling debate, um, some bad things happened in the market. There's a little bit of little bit uh, there, but the minute it started to bite at all, um, the the minute it started to bite at all, you would have seen it. You would have uh, actually recognized that the that the Republicans who were basically playing uh, an ultimatum game with uh, the Obama White House um, ended up uh, ended up not getting very much uh, for all the uh, falderall that happened. Um, and I would I actually believe that that moment in time was peak Ted Cruz, by the way. But uh, that's politics. And if you like that stuff, then go listen to my friends, uh, Mitch Berg uh, uh, and uh, Brad Carlson, Jack Tomsack, all our friends over on AM 12A, The Patriot. Mitch starts off at uh, 1 p.m. this afternoon. You'll hear Brad at 1 p.m. on on Sunday. Same same place, same channel, same bat time, same bat channel, as we used to say uh, there. And uh, they're always good to listen to on that. So let me go back to what I am talking about here. The third line in what the Fed said, um, um, uh, uh, what, what? Yeah, let me hold. You know what? Let me go ahead and take that now because I was just about to start down down another path. John's on the line at six five one two eight nine four four seven seven with a question. Go ahead, John. Uh, good, good morning. morning. Um, yes, I wanted to ask you. Um, as far back I think as November, you have forecasted that there could be a recession beginning sometime in January of five to eight months. Yep. And as I said. Um, some other big names like Jamie Diamond and now James Crocioli at Ameriprise have said exactly what you said quite a bit later. What I wanted to ask you is what variables or what events would be required to possibly cause you to revise that forecast? In other words, what might take place that would cause that forecast to change? And have there been instances in the past where it looked like we were going to have a recession and it didn't happen? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, so first of all, um, uh, you, you remind me of a joke that's frequently attributed to Paul Samuelson. Uh, I, don't, I think that's apocryphal. I don't think he actually said it. But the line was economists have predicted eight of the last five recessions. Um, so so and and I, and, and I, it, it ties to something I something i've been trying to say to people for a while i tweeted this morning john uh using that hashtag pound kbrs let me go find that tweet for you it was a i retweeted something from um i retweeted something from uh uh, uh, a blogger named macro alf um uh and uh who who blogs under macro macro the macrocompass.com uh, Alf, in October, you said gold had further downside and said it's up. What happened? And Alf's answer was, it happened that I was wrong, right? So so, uh, so you remind me of the fact that we should always be long in honesty and short of ego, short in ego when we do uh, forecasting. And Alf said that, and I'm going to give him 100% credit. That's a, that's a fantastic thing. Um, so to your specific question, what would change my mind that there's a recession in the first half? What would have to go differently than I see it going? Um, I would have to see one of, I would have to see, I think it's baked in, but at this point, what you would have to see is a turnaround in retail sales. You would have to see households deciding to spend down their money faster, you would actually have to also see, and John, this is where I think the supply side has a real impact. Businesses still feel like they can't produce as much as they'd like to because they can't get workers. They would like to be able to expand production because they think there's demand for their goods. 
they can't. That's why they're raising prices because they see there being pressure for them to produce more things and they can't get there. If it should turn out that we get higher employment numbers with higher labor force participation, rather than a drop in the unemployment rate, that you got back to, say, 250 or 300 on non-farm payroll and a tick up in labor force participation, John, I'd have to change my mind. I'd say, okay, I'm wrong. Okay, that that would be one thing. But that would mean a lot of 55 to 64-year-olds come back into the labor force. I don't see why they would at this particular moment. I have no reason to believe that's going to happen. That's why I'm predicting a recession. I would have to see retail sales numbers rebound from where they are right now. I would have to see the manufacturing sector come back as a result of that. That's going to get led, pulled by people actually buying stuff and manufacturers being told you need to produce more. I haven't seen that yet. So that is why, that is what it would take. I don't see those things happening, and that's why I'm on recession. But I think, I hope, John, that that answers your question. So thank you very much for that. 651-289-4477, the number number with questions and comments. Love to hear more. Let me go back to talking about the debt. So what we said is two things. First, first, First of all, it has serious catastrophic economic consequences. Second of all, it's not unprecedented. It's happened before. Okay, so everyone who's acting, obviously... The statements that uh, that uh, Janet Yellen made are important. So I don't think we played the second one. Let's play this. Cut number three. Cut number three. U.S. Treasury securities are the safest investment on the planet, and um, we would certainly experience at a minimum a downgrading of our debt. If that happened, our borrowing costs would increase, and every American would see that their borrowing costs would increase as well. On top of that, um, a failure to make payments uh, that are due, whether it's to bondholders or to Social Security recipients or to our military would um, undoubtedly cause a recession in the U.S. economy and could cause a global financial crisis. Uh, It would certainly undermine the role of the dollar as a reserve currency that is used in transactions all over the world. Um, So I think that um, I think this is this is super interesting um that she went to higher borrowing costs <laughs> right of course the reason borrowing costs are going up is because you've borrowed so much dang money right but we've made those commitments republicans and democrats over the last 4 to 6 years have voted for massive increases to the to the nation's credit card not a term i actually like but but it's a good shortcut and and we have the obligation to pay it back. But what she gets at there, and I think she actually skips over the most important piece and why I think it's stupid to talk about this. And it's what John Cochran gets to in his blog post, which is much of the financial system relies on, on short-term borrowing backed by good collateral. Most of the, the most of the structure of finance in the not just in the United States but around the world consists of, of people borrowing money for current activities for okay by borrowing short term okay and in return issuing good collateral and the best collateral in the market today is a U.S. Treasury security. What she's doing right now is saying, in essence, we are willing to put that at risk if the party that controls controls the House of Representatives doesn't just give us a, quote, unquote, clean debt limit increase, a debt limit increase that has no strings attached. Um, she doesn't have to do that. 
right? She could have gone on with Christiane Amanpour and said, said, look, we pay principal and interest on treasury debt first before anything else. This is the point. This is the point that Cochrane makes that I think so important. No treasury secretary of either party has ever stood up at a podium and said that. Why? Because they don't like the optics. You are you are favoring Wall Street over Grandma. You would pay you would pay the fat cats before you paid on Social Security. This is garbage. Well, I'm going to ask you, if all of a sudden U.S. Treasuries are no longer acceptable as collateral, think of the problem you might have. Okay, as, as Cochran, Professor Cochran points out, this is what happened to the housing market. When all of a sudden you had a number of collapses, the early collapses, remember, before you ever get to Goldman Sachs and and Bear Stearns and, and, and AIG, you get places like IndyMac and, and other mortgage companies who are holding large amounts of, of Fannie and Freddie's on their balance sheets. And these become, these become um, risky to hold. And so lenders stopped taking mortgage-backed securities as collateral. That happened in 2008. That was the trigger. That is a trigger point for the mortgage for the housing market collapse. Yes, prices got too high. Yes, hot prices had to come back down. But it was exacerbated. It was made. It was made calamitous by the by the the decision of borrowers to look at mortgage-backed securities and say that can be collateral, but I need a hundred and ten percent of the value of your loan or hundred and fifteen percent of the value of your loan in collateral to back the loan you're trying to take on an overnight on an overnight relationship and that's effectively a haircut on the value of those mortgage backed securities. Suppose that was to happen to treasuries generally because you didn't think that that Congress and the White House could could settle it, right? I think that'd be a calamity. And I think that calamity would hit grandma just as much as having to wait an extra few weeks for her Social Security check because the, because the Treasury, um, yeah, I think it might be worse, okay? So it takes two to tango. And if, if she thinks uh, the breakdown of financial markets was going to be that calamitous, she has a very simple solution. She can say we're going to pay we're going to pay principal and interest on treasury securities first. Certainly someone from probably the political left of the spectrum would take them to court to say you don't have the legal authority to do that. That's okay, but while it's spending time in court, I mean I'd like to see a court order the treasury to pay social security before debt securities. That would be fun to watch. But no one seems to want to go there. It's a stupid, stupid argument. It's a stupid argument. And frankly, frankly, it's, a, it's one of those pox on both sides sorts of things. Um, the worst part of this is her making that statement. Okay, and I'll pl- I don't have time right now. I'll have to play it after the break. But um, I'll play it again after the break. You listen to that statement and ask yourself, if you, we will play it now. We'll just have two short segments. I want you to play cut number three again. Listen to this as if you were a Wall Street trader. Listen to this one more time. Cut three. U.S. Treasury securities are the safest investment on the planet, and um, we would certainly experience at a minimum a downgrading of our debt. If that happened, our borrowing costs would increase, and every American would see that their borrowing costs would increase as well. On top of that, um, a failure to make payments uh, that are due would 
whether it's to bondholders or to Social Security recipients or to our military, would um, undoubtedly cause a recession in the U.S. economy and could cause a global financial crisis. Uh, it would certainly undermine the role of the dollar as a reserve currency that is used in transactions all over the world. If you were a bond trader, are you still willing to take at face value, at par, a U.S. Treasury security as collateral on money you lend to a borrower? We'll be back after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. gonna have a baby she is will it be a boy or will it be a girl we don't know yet but we heard the heartbeat and my dad said this is gonna be someone very special you mean like being a president or maybe a doctor well probably maybe like a singer or dancer i think Hello, my name is Marianne Kowarski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. We know that every baby is a miracle and has the potential to do great things. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of alternatives or assistance or would like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, please call 1-800-366-7773 or visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. I'm Staff Sergeant Mark Anthony I'm Madrid. Staff Sergeant Samantha Cowell. I'm Staff Sergeant I'm Alex Staff Sergeant Keeley. William Lewis, and I am proud to defend my family and our nation. The Air Force Reserve is part of the story of this great nation. I'm grateful that I have a chance to wear the uniform of the heroes that went before me. I'm proud to be part of a team that helps make a difference in the world. Every day, men and women from communities across this nation serve as reserve citizen airmen. Even as technology evolves and changes, our commitment to defend and protect this nation remains steadfast. We celebrate those who have served and those who are proudly serving. We celebrate our proud history and look towards an exciting and uniting future. Our mission is to fly, fight, and win in air, space, and cyberspace. And I'm proud to be a member. And I'm proud to serve in the United States. And I am proud to protect our country. Proud to serve in the U.S. Air Force Reserve. AFreserve.com. Jim and I knew of Robbinsdale Women's Center, but didn't really know them until we toured. We were astonished by the amazing facilities and the genuine love and care the staff showed each woman that walked through the doors. That tour began our partnership with Robbinsdale Women's Center. Cindy and I have witnessed RWC's fiscal stewardship of our financial gifts. Being on the board has allowed me to see the careful discernment and prayerful thought that goes into every decision at Robbinsdale Women's Center. RWC receives no government funding and is debt-free. RWC owns all their assets and is 100% donor-supported. We're amazed at the number of abortion-minded women they serve. Weekly, five women, initially at risk of aborting their pregnancies, instead choose life. Join Cindy and I in supporting Robbinsdale Women's Center. Your gift will bring hope and life. Go to rwcinfo.org and help more mothers choose life. Let's make a difference. rwcinfo.org. Welcome back, King Banyan Show, The Biz 1440, TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. Glad to be with you today. We'll, we'll keep the rest of this a little short because I used up a fair amount of time trying to get through my main point, that that this this debate, which is now raging on the debt ceiling, is kind of silly and being misrepresented, I think, by both sides. Yesterday, um, not, not recorded, but... Um, but uh, Secretary Yellen um, did did um, say at uh, while she was at uh, Davos that uh, a failure on the part of the United States to meet any uh, obligation, whether it's the debt holders, members of our military, 
or to Social Security recipients is effectively a default. Yet the yet even this is wrong because if that was if if she really 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 believed that if she really really believed that extraordinary measures are effectively a default too. Look, as a person who is in the legislature, we used to, at least I used to spend a lot of time talking about the 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 amount of money that was supposed to be set aside to pay for state pensions. Uh, for employees, and yes, I'm a state employee, but I will I will note to you that I am not a member of a I I do not have my money in a fund that the state controls. All my my payment is made into uh, an account for. Well, I'm a university employee. You can well guess that uh, I'm a member of uh, a member of TIACREF. Um, I, I think I think it's fine for me to say that. I don't think that exposes me to any risk of someone hacking my account uh, or something. Um, so it's different. But we but the state has pensions. The cities have pensions, and periodically one of these city pensions or a state pension runs into trouble because the government intentionally says, "I can't put the money in for you right now. We'll put it in later." And yet, the contract. A legally binding document between the labor union, the the public sector labor union, and the state government or the city government or the county government says, you will match my contributions into it. And they say, yeah, but not not right away. And, And so if she's serious about we will never pay, you know, you know, is effectively a default, well, then in some sense... If you're going to use that argument, then then the answer is, well, then, Madam Secretary, to borrow a term, is that aren't we already in default? If we're not paying the federal employees, if we're not, you know, by buying securities to put in the, the federal pension plans, aren't we already in default? It's all a matter of deciding what you decide to call default and what you decide not to call default. And that is that is a very that is a very that all right uh, that's a very serious problem. Now the next thing you could say to me is, well, then what are we ever going to do? What what can be done? Well, I, I've mentioned uh, in the previous hour. I'm reaching that age where people tell me ask me that question pretty regularly. Well, you're like retirement age, aren't you? When are you going to retire? And I my. My usual flip answer is the best retirement plan is to keep working. And I don't mean that to be sort of like I'm being sarcastic or anything. I just mean it's fair. It's a fairly quick response. I chose a profession in which as long as I can keep body and mind reasonably sound, I am as productive. I think I'm as productive now as I was 20 years ago. I'd like to think I'm actually a little more productive because... I've managed to grasp a fair amount of the technology needed in a classroom today. Um, I'm not as active in writing, doing research, active research right now. But when I go back into the to the faculty, I hope I can return back to that level. I think I continue to do that. But that said, at any moment, I can choose at this at, at this time to leave the workplace. And receive Social Security payments, Medicare, and all of these things. Because I happen to pass, right, I'm already at full Medicare age, Medicare eligibility age. And I'm within months of reaching, reaching my Social Security num- uh, full, full benefit number. There's a bribe, in essence. There's a benefit in the system for Social Security to keep me, to keep me uh, uh, from... Uh, working and not starting my Social Security payments, that runs out around age 70. Here we are talking about labor shortages. And I've been talking about this for years. And yet the system is almost at the point of punishing me for keeping on working or taking, or more appropriately, taking advantage of the fact that I, A, am in good health, B, have a job, that, that doesn't require me to have the same physical skills I had 20 years ago, thank God, because I don't have those. And three, love my job. 
Right. What? How could we do that? Well, one of those things we could do is start to actually actually phase in Social Security increases for full retirement age to get from 67 to 70. You could actually raise the eligibility on Medicare. People are living longer. Why are we still at 65 for Medicare? Why couldn't we move it out to 67? Okay. Um, right? We, okay, it makes, it makes my kid worse off. It makes me just slightly worse off. But, you know, I'm 65. I've reached a point where I built a reliance on the ages being about where they are. Now, my children are not going to be very happy about the fact that they have to work two to five extra years to get full benefits. Okay? So they might not be very happy about that. But, and because it's a phase in, they'll, they'll do it in such a way that it won't take the benefit away from me immediately. But what happens if even if they did? But if you really want to reduce the, the, the Ponzi scheme of Social Security and Medicare, if you really want to address entitlements, that's what you have to do. Where are the people who say don't raise the debt limit? Where are they saying we should, we should raise the you know, don't raise the debt limit. Where are they in saying, instead, let's raise the ages for qualifying for Social Security and Medicare? Because let's face it, that's where the money is. Oh, no, we could pay for that all by just cutting back on deadbeats, taking welfare. No, it's not nearly enough money. It's not nearly enough money. The only way you can, you know, the, the, get, the only way to close the gap Larry Kotlikoff pointed this out on his Substack uh, just this past week, um, that the fiscal gap that he's estimated, the project, the present value difference between the projected projected path of outlays, the projected path of receipts, is $41 trillion, two years of GDP. You can't capture that by taxes. You instead have to capture it by lowering the path of spending uh, by 7.7% of each future year's GDP. You can't, you, you can't cut all the spending uh, by 35%, right? You can't do that instead. So you actually have to find the money you need by addressing entitlements. It really is the only place to go. And if you want to have an answer to to the president and the, and the treasury secretary who are saying there's no way in heck we're going to prioritize paying the debt over pay, paying wall street over grandma it's like well okay fine but we need to figure out we need we need to be honest about what grandma's costing and we need to actually figure out how to how to make this make how to actually fix this okay we need to look at we need to look at that fiscal gap okay We'll be back right after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on The Biz, 1440. The Biz 1440, KYCR Golden Valley. Wesley Financial Group is not a law firm. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshare. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare. And in the process, started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. The crazy thing is, this never ends. Even when you die, your family's now going to be stuck with this burden. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. If we take you as a client, I guarantee we'll cancel your timeshare or you'll pay nothing. Call for your free information kit. 800-626-5252. That's 800-626-5252. 800-626-5252. 
Okay, we are running a car drive right now to help veterans all across America. So if you have an old car, truck, or van, even a motorcycle or an RV sitting around, you can right now give it away and help the vets. They really need your help. And your car will help support the vets and their families. And guess what? You even get a tax donation. Plus, we'll even come and pick up your car for free. And all you've got to do is pick up your phone right now and make a free call. Now is the perfect time to do something good for the vets. Give back to the vets right now for all they've done for this country. And your old car can really help them. So call the Veterans Car Donation Program right now for free pickup of your vehicle. Help the vets and help your taxes at the same time. Call right now. 800-884-9018 800-884-9018 That's 800-884-9018 the Ramsey Show. I don't want to be the little pig in the straw house anymore. I'm going to get my crap together. I'm going to get out of debt and have an emergency fund. I'm going to be the little pig in the brick house so when the wolf comes and blows, I don't have credit card debt. I don't have student loan debt. I don't have car payments. I'm under control and I got a pile of money. You know what would happen? The economy would collapse. No, it wouldn't. The economy would boom. No-nonsense financial talk. Weekday afternoons from 1 to 4 here on The Biz 1440. Have you lost your gun rights due to an old criminal offense? Have you been denied a permit to carry or a purchase of a firearm? I'm attorney Kelly Keegan, and I can help. Schedule a free consultation at keeganlawoffice.com. That's K-E-E-G-A-N lawoffice.com. Soaking up the sun in Fiji, walking through the sculpture garden in Minneapolis, or standing in awe at the Grand Canyon. We're where you are. Listen to The Biz 1440 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. King Daniel Show, The Biz, 1440. Thank you for listening today. Um, Coming to the end of the show um, for this week. We'll be back next week. In fact, I don't believe I've got another trip or week off planned here for a while, although the university might have some work for me on a Saturday as we're hitting that time when we're trying to recruit students to come here. Um, 651-289-4477, the number to call with questions and comments about about uh coming by the way you, sh- you should sing your kid here um i'm just gonna i'm gonna say it a little softly but really we should uh you should you should be thinking about if you're ch- if you got a child or a grandchild who's thinking about college we're actually a pretty good deal um in terms of in terms of roi uh it's a pretty good deal here uh anyway uh let's get back to talking about the debt right what are we going to hear instead? I predict you will hear stories like, um, like uh, uh, we'll have trillion-dollar coin conversations in the next few months. Okay, I'm so tired of those, I can't even tell you. I, I, I note that uh, in the John Cochran piece that I tweeted at the, uh, at the previous break, he talks about the possibility of issuing consoles, basically a government bond that never matures. All we ever count the debt at is the rate at which we, is the value of it at par, meaning the principal. So if I issue you a government debt for for $100, it doesn't matter if it matures one year from now or 30 years from now. But suppose I just issue you a coupon-only bond. It just says... Give me some money for this, and I promise to pay you um, three three percent, three dollars. Let's say I'll pay you three dollars um, forever. And you say, "God, that sounds pretty good." Here, I'll give you a hundred bucks. We received the hundred dollars, but that does not that three dollars is added to our stream of future payments, but it is not a debt. Because it's weird how we calculate debt in that way. And that's why I also brought up the Larry Kotlikoff piece. Kotlikoff was actually a candidate for president back in 2016, running on a get serious about the debt platform, which had obviously 
no purchase in uh, the American political scene in 2016. I doubt it has. I doubt it has much now. But for the people who want to say that we need to get serious about the debt, I'm like, yeah, absolutely. But the only way you can be serious about the debt is you have to address spending. Kotlikoff's point is that given what we actually owe in terms of the stream of future revenue and the stream of future income, if you wanted to cover it by tax increases, you would have to increase taxes by 7.7% of GDP per year. That constitutes a 41% increase in taxes today. Okay. Um, if you wanted to do it by cutting spending only, you said, I'm not going to do it by tax increases. I need to cut spending. I have to decrease, but I, I, you have to decrease spending by 35%. It's not, it's not, it's not even, it's not what's on Congress's mind because if they actually said we need to cut spending by 35%, everyone would look at them and go, yeah, right. Like, we're going to do that. Well, you can do it by some very basic things, right? You had to do it by some very basic items, uh, by um, by actually coming up with some, with some plans. And this is why I do recommend looking at Kotlikoff's Substack and finding the platform he issued in 2019, because he did think about running in 2022. He had a piece out there to talk about the kinds of things he would choose to to deal with um, in terms of cutting the, cutting the debt, right? Um, but it involves things like fixing health care by changing the age at which you put people on Medicare. It involves, right, Take it from 65 to 67. Take advantage of the change in, changes in health technology that allow us to live longer. Change Social Security for the very same reason. We can't ask our, our children and our grandchildren to pay for us to be retired for 30 years. That simply doesn't work. Okay? But you will not hear that. And so what do I expect to happen? The same thing as always happens. They will get right up to the very edge... And then there will be a settlement and very little of the goals that were mentioned to us by the, the Republicans or by the Democrats will actually be realized. They'll have to find some place where each side can say they got something because that's what everybody will want is something. And they'll have to have that. OK, my, my advice, tune it out. Pay far more attention to what's going on in China. Pay much far more attention to what's going on in Ukraine. The debt limit is a secondary or even maybe a tertiary item because nobody's serious about really fixing it. Thank you so much for listening today. I really appreciate you being here. And uh, hope, hopefully you get a chance to talk to you again next week on the King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. The big shots. Right corner three on the way. Good for Bowden Scumberg. Dunks. Landed home, Grant Nelson. And steals. Damari Wheeler Thomas pokes it away. Hello again, Bison Nation. Rob Pip here, voice of the Bison. Catch North Dakota State Bison men's basketball all season long on the Pioneer Seeds Bison Radio Network and right here on the Biz 1440. For full schedule and broadcast information, visit gobison.com. Horns up and go Bison. I've got a math question for you. When you add tolerance, subtract prejudice, and multiply efforts to treat one another with respect, what do you get? Less division. And school sports have it down to a science. Looking for an example of what can happen when we realize there's more that unites us than divides us? Look no further than high school sports in Minnesota. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association. 
It looks like a map of tiny rivers on a tiny continent. I see an intricate spider web created by spiders who studied French Impressionism in college and wear berets. I see a geometric pattern reminiscent of alien crop circles. That long scar on Frankenstein's forehead? It looks like that. A San Francisco sidewalk after an earthquake. It looks like when I spilled wine on the new carpet. Good idea to bring that up. It's Humpty Dumpty after he had that... Thing. Poor guy, that must have really left a mark. Stare at it all you want. It's not going away. That crack in your windshield could cost you a ticket. It hinders visibility, it's unsafe for you and your family, and it's only going to get worse. Make one call to Advantage Auto Glass. What's the advantage? Free mobile service, on-time scheduling wherever and whenever you want, the highest quality parts and adhesives. They'll settle that claim and your insurance picks up the tab. So don't let a minor annoyance turn into a major problem. Call Advantage Auto Glass at 952-423-6396 or or go to ReplaceMyWindshield.com. Arby's Computer Service. You and your business are online today more than ever. Most people are working from home and meeting via Internet, and that means IT structures are overtaxed and Wi-Fi is humming. An outage in one of your critical systems now could be a fatal blow to your operation. Arby's Computer Service is ready and able to help. Their staff is standing by and prepared to offer assistance. If your business IT system experiences a failure, give Arby's a call. Their professional team of certified computer and networking specialists is experienced in diagnosing and solving a wide range of issues. With Arby's Computer Service on the job, you'll never have to worry about dealing with IT-related issues on your own, whether it's for your personal system or business. Arby's Computer Service knows that Internet traffic is surging, and they're available now to help. You'll always get competitive pricing, trustworthy advice, and excellent customer service from Randy and his team at Arby's Computer Service. Giving your computer problems the boot. Arby's Computer Service. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.